Welcome back to Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff. Today, we are talking to two of my friends from way back that I, I met while I was in high school, um, Jan and Ernest Taylor. They're going to talk to us about the Camino de Santiago, which is an ancient pilgrimage path, or it's actually a bunch of pathways that all lead across Spain and Portugal to um, Santiago de Compostela in northwest Spain. And so Jan and Ernest have done this pilgrimage walk more than once. And so I wanted to get them on to talk about the Camino itself and, and some of the experiences they had on the trail, how it kind of changed them as people, and what, what are some of the kind of spiritual lessons they learned while they were walking on this pilgrimage path. And then just kind of talk to us a bit about what's, what is pilgrimage, you know, and, and why should more Americans consider doing it? I have to admit that I didn't know a single thing about the Camino going into this episode at all. Um, and now I feel like I hear it everywhere. <laughs> I don't think that I had really ever heard about it. And then we had this conversation with Jan and Ernest, who are incredible, by the way. And now I feel like I hear about it a lot. And and what really struck me is I'm going to speak from a, a stereotype here for a moment. So please forgive me. But you don't really hear a lot about American Christians wanting to do a pilgrimage or wanting to go walk hundreds of miles and having to, in a lot of ways, depend on the generosity of other people. And um, you don't really hear about that kind of faith or that, that literal journey very much here in America. And so it really was surprising to me in a very good way that right here in a town outside of the big city of Atlanta, we have uh, these people that it's part of their, their rule of life, so to speak, to uh, go and do a pilgrimage with Jesus. And I just really enjoy talking to them. And it really inspired me to uh, literally put on my shoes and go walk with God. Yeah. Um, I have I have wanted to go on this pilgrimage path on the Camino since I learned about it through them and 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 I actually have it planned uh, for three or four years from now. I mean, it's not actually on the calendar yet, but I'm going to do it. And I've already been talking to my brother about going with me, so it's going to be a really great time of um, well connecting with my brother, and that's I think that's going to be important, and and just spending more time with God. Uh, and, and to your point about not hearing many Americans talk about it, I, th I think that probably has a lot to do with, um, you know, a lot of, for, I think for the most part, America is very Protestant and, um, and a Protestant Christian, and which is a very new form of Christianity in the history of, of, of Christianity. And pilgrimage is just not a thing that uh, Protestants do or ever think about but it is still very ancient and you know in the catholic and orthodox worlds they've been doing pilgrimages for millennia so um but as jan and Ernest say they really hope more americans will will do this camino or any pilgrimage path because it really is very important for for your faith and for your uh, for your life
really excited about today's episode um, because we're going to be talking about a topic I've grown uh, really interested in over the last several years, uh, and that's the practice of pilgrimage. Um, this idea of being a pilgrim and taking a sacred pathway is a very ancient religious practice. People from all the world's religions and even those not connected to religion have gone on pilgrimages for millennia. And our guests today, Jan and Ernest Taylor, have walked as pilgrims on one of the world's most famous pilgrimages called the Camino de Santiago. Um, I met Jan and Ernest, uh, I think it was about 30 years ago. Um, I met them through the church that I attended while I was in high school back in the early 90s. I was friends with uh, their daughter, Natalie, and um, we were either in the same grade or she was ahead of me a year. But um, and so we go way back. Um, but about four years ago, I um, either through their Facebook or through Natalie's Facebook, I learned that they were going to be walking this pathway called the Camino de Santiago, which I had never heard about. And that they were going to be writing about it also uh, on a blog while they walked it. So I subscribed and I followed along. Um, it wasn't very long before I was hooked. I was really looking forward to every post. I was you know, eager to see that notification that a new post had arrived. And uh, I'm, I'm going to walk this trail one day. I have not done it yet. Um, I've actually been talking to my brother about doing it with me in a few years. So um, welcome, Jan and Ernest Taylor. We're glad to have you. Thank you. Being hooked on the Camino is um, a common trait in other parts of the world. So you call a Camino addict. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> what I am then. Um, I'll own it. Um, so I'll let you tell our listeners more about exactly what the Camino de Santiago is. But first, tell us, tell our listeners more about yourselves and like where you live, what you do with your time these days, etc. Well, we're uh, uh, we live just south of the Atlanta airport in a small historical town, uh, Newnan, Georgia. And uh, we run a consulting firm. Jan's a half partner in it, and we uh, recruit top executives all over the country. So uh, we, uh, in addition to that, we're very active. Uh, we did our 20-mile bike ride early this morning, and we do about 100 miles a week, staying in shape so we can do Camino again. But mm -hmm. we, uh, we were in uh, Austria for a dear friend's wedding in the summer of 2016, and the bride had a friend from, from the USA there, and she said, you know, after the wedding, uh, I'm going to hike the El Camino trails for a month. And Jen and I looked at each other and said, El Camino what? We had never heard of it. <laughs> so we, we quizzed a little bit about that. And we came back to Newnan after the wedding. Uh, we bought a backpack. We bought hiking shoes. Raincoat. A raincoat. And uh, when we went back over in March to see our grandkids that live in Europe, we flew down to uh, Spain. The main trail is the Francis Trail from the French border to Santiago, and all the El Camino trails live uh, end in Santiago, Spain, in northwest Spain. But it's a 1,400-year-old trail. Much of it is. Uh, Charlemagne was on that trail. He had the elephants on that trail. The, um, and it was one of the trails that the uh, Templar Knights guarded. Um, okay. So it's, it's poignant when you... Let us start back. Let's go back. We uh, we really didn't know much what we were doing. So 
so we started walking <laughs> and reading. Uh, we read novels. They're great novels. There are really a lot of fun books about the Camino. Uh, if what's going to happen on the Camino is what you didn't expect to happen. Uh, our first Camino, literally, we had we got sunburned on one side because you're walking <laughs> one way. We had snow. We had sleet, and we had driving rain. I mean, uh, and the one of the about the third day, we thought on the map that we were almost there, and realized we weren't halfway there. Mm. Ernest said the buzzards were circling our head as we tried <laughs> to get there. And once we got there, the guy said, "Oh, I've got a great place for you. You just need to walk down that path." And both of us started just to sit down and say, no, we're not going to walk anymore. But so it's important, though, to get uh, there's a Briarly book on El Camino, and it's got the list of every bed and breakfast and every abrégé, which is abrégé, sort of the dormitory kind of things in every town across the El Camino Trail. And it's just a, an absolute you got to have it with you. And, and you were talking um let me explain the difference in a pilgrim and a tourist. Uh, a tourist goes to be served, and a pilgrim goes to serve. And if you walk okay. this trail, they expect you, and I think God does, expect you to become a pilgrim. You, you mm-hmm. are expected to be poor, and you are because all you've got is what's on your back. And you, you walk a simpler way of life. Um, one of the questions you asked, and I might be getting ahead, was what astounded us on the trail. And I think Ernest and I went because we loved the physical activity and it would be a different. But um, the third day on the trail, we were just walking along and all of a sudden we saw a shepherd. And we both just stopped. The shepherd was leading almost 200 to 300 sheep across a very busy road. And he got mm. in the middle and cars started coming and he just threw up his hand and made a whistle and they all ran back and turned around and every eye was on the shepherd. Wow. Ernest and I could not get up. Oh, this is what you mean in the scripture. Keep your eyes on me. Every eye, no sheep looked at each other. They didn't look down the ground. They were watching the shepherd. And so from then on, he taught us almost a parable every day. And wow. uh, we remember him vividly. Uh, and so it's a, it's a, uh, the pilgrim offers so many things. We walked with a man probably 10 to 15 minutes on one of the trails. And he was an Irish man. And all of a sudden, we've been married 50 years or more at that time. And he knew that. And he said, um, I, I walked to figure out if I should stay with my family, my wife, or uh, divorce. And we took about three steps and said, go home, tell her you're sorry, forgive, <laughs> start again. And he looked at us after walking a little longer and said, I'm off the trail today. I've got my answer. And so you talk to people differently because you'll never see them again. Of course, that's not true because we've become fast friends with about five different pilgrims. And one of the things that was amazing to people that we met, uh, being 
devout Christians, we pray before every meal and, and we always hold hands. So the, the first couple of meals and, and you'll meet a number of people on the trail. So when you get to the destination for that day, there may be 15 of us eating dinner out in an outside table. And so we would hold hands. And the first couple of times they met us, they were like, what are you doing with my hand? But then after we had seen them for a week or two at a time, they were like, they'd grab your hand and say, it's time to pray. And it was a real uh, testimony that uh, we have a Lord that watches over us that uh, many people had never experienced. So that was uh, an exciting part. What started out as an adventure for us became a real pilgrimage. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And uh, we, we went back. Uh, the first year we did half of the Francisco portion of El Camino, which is 500 miles. We did 250 miles of it. The next year we went back and did the first 90 miles of it from the French border through the Pyrenees. Uh, and that was tough. It was five or 10 degrees some days and lots of snow. And Well, we had a snow and, and we're Southerners uh, and we didn't know what a snow melt meant. And <laughs> snow melt meant waterfalls everywhere that you walk through. Um, but you know what? We, we did it. But that year we ended up in Pamploma. Uh, at the end of our destination, which is where they run the bulls. So we've actually walked down the lanes in Pamploma where they run the bulls every June. So uh, it, it was exciting. And then, and then we did Portugal. And um, that was great fun because of whom we walked with. We wound up walking with some real characters. Well, one was a, uh, a British uh, filmmaker and the other guy and, and the filmmaker's wife, and then the other guy was a professional comedian. But we didn't know till after we couldn't walk any longer because we were laughing so hard. And, and finally, we just said, you know, you got you got to shut up. We, we can't walk and laugh at the same time. Just, it was a delightful. Right. We spent a day or two or three, three on, the trail walking with with, on the trail walking with those people as well. But one mm. of the nice things about it is you meet the most interesting people. Uh, on the trail, on the El Camino trails. And the first year we did it, uh, in 2017, we met people from 25 different countries. Only one American uh, out of that, but uh, but it, it just the quality of people that you meet. And you hike two, three, or four, or five villages a day. So it's, we averaged probably, we did 250 miles in 19 days. So we averaged about 14 miles a day, which is about three villages. Uh, one day we did 19 miles and that was the only time my beloved wife said, I think I might be tired. It was a very hot, long day. I actually said, I don't want to go to dinner. And he said, you have to go, but we refined our equipment. We, we now use a three piece, uh, hiking pole that folds up so it can fit in your luggage. Okay. Nice. So that makes it nice. No one walks in Europe without hiking poles, y'all. Everybody has hiking poles. Um. And we refined our backpack from uh, a typical Osprey pack, which is one of the world's best packs. It weighs four pounds, to a Z pack, which weighs one pound. So wow. it's uh, yeah. Every pound matters, right? Or every ounce yeah. matters. Well, you try to you try not to carry too much weight. The, the first year we did it. <laughs> We were leaving things on the side of the trail, like like Hansel and Gretel. I mean, it was. We left gators. We, we left, left all kinds of things. But that is a good part of it spiritually, 
is you really don't need a lot. You will love, you'll learn to love a shower. I, I am a very girly adventurer, so I don't like to camp out. So we say in little bread and breakfast is called uh, Jose Ruel's, and they're only like four bedrooms but y'all they have stone fireplaces and sheets that have been dried in the sun and the you uh so you i love a shower and, and the and b&b's a, are only like 30 35 euros a night so it's really and and in every village they have pilgrim meals four course meals i mean after you hike 15 miles you're hungry but they bring four course mm -hmm. meals to you and you eat like a horse for like Eight euros. Yeah, you know, like six to eight euros is all uh, it is. So it's a cheap. It's a cheap. Yeah, cheap trip, yeah. so to speak. In um, that sense. One thing we need to tell you is that you have a uh, you have to get a credential. You get them. You can get them through mail-in, or you go to a cathedral uh, in one of the towns, and they present you with this paper document, like an accordion piece, right? And wherever you go, you get a stamp. And that stamp is different for that place, the restaurant, the the rest, the bars, because most of the times you drink coffee in a bar, uh, the hotels. And what that does is prove you made the pilgrimage, because when you get into Santiago, they will actually present you with a document. It's really pretty emotional. Yeah. Uh, and your name is written in Latin saying you've made a pilgrimage to Santiago uh, de Compostelo. And, and you have to do at least 100 kilometers, which is about 62 miles, to actually receive a document saying that you've completed, uh, you've been a pilgrim on the El Camino trails. So. Do you know that you get where you're going by following arrows? They're yellow arrows. I have heard that. And they're the yellow arrows. And they're on the thing. And that's how you follow it. And that's one of the parables God taught us because some of the people want you to go off the Camino and go by their restaurant. So they'll paint the yellow arrow that way. A few blocks out of the way <laughs> see, to go by their restaurant. But see, that's what God's telling you is you have to learn to recognize but his hand the, and his right. The initial experience, we flew into northern Spain and took a train that intersected the El Camino trails halfway. So we Pulled into Framista, a very small little village, about 5.30 or 6 o'clock on Sunday evening. The train station was a small block building that was locked tight. There was nobody there. And we got our backpacks and got off the train and <clears throat> said, look, well. I guess we better find an arrow. I guess we had found an arrow. <laughs> and I had made reservations in a little B&B &B on the square, which was about three blocks away. So we stayed there and had a great meal that night and met some people that we mm -hmm. saw a couple of times yeah. later on. And so the next morning we get up and we said, which way is the El Camino? And the lady directed us across the square and said, you'll see the first yellow arrow there. And then so you just follow yellow arrows for the next 19 days, 250 miles. And when you get to the cathedral in uh, Santiago, it is a massive, awesome cathedral. Beautiful. And, and it's just the, and you see these, I remember one day sitting on the front steps of a, a church that was built in 1400 and eating our sandwich, our lunch sandwich. Or, church, it was probably the size of a closet. 
Yeah, it wasn't a very big church. Oh, no, it was, it was a small as our it, room here. But it had been worshipped in for 400, 500 years. Uh, you could wow. feel the presence of God there. Um, so there, there are so many things you learn. First of all, Amer you can now use your phone to find a way. We don't like to do that. We like to follow the arrows. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's uh, much more organic, I guess. It changed Ernest and our relationship. We have a good one, but it was we have a very good relationship. But during that time, uh, he became much more protective. He is, but in America, you don't have to. He was watching a bit more. Um, Oh, we, but the, the El Camino trails are totally safe. Yeah, well, I didn't we, mean that we, way. We didn't yeah. have any fear anywhere across any of the little villages. And and this is, for northern Spain, this is their industry. So they cater very well to the El Caminos. And like I said, in 2019, 280,000 people hiked the El Camino trails. Very few wow. Americans, but 280,000 wow. people hiked them. So. Uh, yeah, and you become, they call them peregrinos, which is a pilgrim. And you become a peregrino. You, 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 um, you just don't own as much. You, you have a, a toothbrush. Uh, I took one kind of cute hair clip. Uh, you have to have, you take very, very little because you're carrying it on your back. And so then you think, mm -hmm. start learning about the parable of the burden, right? How much mm -hmm. do you need to carry? And and we call, Ernest and I call the people, some people will hire other people to carry your packs. Uh, they'll transport them. We call them day trippers. Uh, that wasn't very nice of us. But, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, part of it for us was carrying it on our back, learning, you know. And we probably, the first year, carried our packs probably weigh 25, 27 pounds. No more. When we go in March, our packs will weigh 16, 17 pounds. At the most. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you, you realize how much less you can get by. But our typical day is we'd stay in a and b They usually had breakfast for us. Uh, so we would leave about a quarter of eight and start hiking to the next village. And it, So we may do one or two villages, but about 9.30 or 10, we'd stop and have a cup of... Cafe Conlecti. A little cup of coffee with cream in, cream it. in it. And then the first day or two, we decided we'd eat lunch. And we once you eat a big lunch, a pilgrim lunch, it's no way you're going to hike another ten, eight or ten miles that afternoon. So we learned <laughs> that we have, you know, maybe a protein bar and an apple and some oranges, nuts. Oranges, really good oranges. oranges. Uh -huh. uh, for lunch from that point on. And then you hike another, and we usually stop on a, rock wall or by a stream for lunch and it's just beautiful scenery that you enjoy and then we hike on another two or three villages that afternoon and finish up about three thirty or 4 uh in the village that we've decided as our destination for that day and the villages are two or three miles apart typically across northern spain or coming up from porto portugal up it's the same so you, you can just decide for your own do I want to do eight or 10 miles a day or 12 or 14 miles a day? And we had some short days and then we had some longer days. We had some longer days, not by design sometimes where we thought, well, we missed, we missed the turn back there. And we, <laughs> mm -hmm. a couple of times we'd missed the yellow, yellow signs and 
yellow arrows and we'd go, we'd backtrack maybe a mile or so, but it's pretty well marked uh, from that aspect of it. Well, there was uh, one story that I remember. Uh, I think I remember the details about it. You told in your blog about uh, you had made reservations at, at some place, but because of the difference in the way they tell time, you know, the dates in Europe, you had completely messed up. Tell us that story. It was closed. It was closed. And, and, there was and we, we, carry, we carry a sleeping bag with us. We never use it, but we, we carry a sleeping bag with us. So we looked around. There was nothing else open in that town. There was a wagon sitting on the square. Oh, my gosh. And I thought, I told Jan, I said, you know, we might be sleeping under that wagon <laughs> tonight in this little village. But, what, but a German who became a really good friend of ours. So here comes this striding 20-something-year-old German. Uh, and he knows of an Albergay who he thinks is open, which is a, a dormitory. A lot of people love that. We found um, most of Ernest's friends are doctors, and so they packed me up with medicine. And all I did was doctor all those people who lived in, in the Albergays. They just passed colds and viruses and sore throat. The Albergays may have from 6 to 26 or 30 beds in them, and it's only like 6 euros a night. We chose to stay in <laughs> B&Bs for 30 to 35 euros a night, have your own private shower and, and all of that. But So this German was striding up, and and we he looked like he knew where he was going. We said, uh, we our hotel is closed here. And he said, well, I'm staying in an abrogate three or four blocks this way. So we went, and that was the only night we stayed in an abrogate. We were glad to see it. it yeah, but we, matter. I mean, it looked a lot better than sleeping under that wagon in the square on our <laughs> Sleeping bags uh, that day. But, you know, I think. But it was a little panic. You're right. When 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 the hotel was closed or the B and B was closed, we thought, Because wow. Ernest had put uh, eleven. No, he had put three eleven sixteen, and there they put eleven three sixteen. So we didn't make mm-hmm. that mistake again. <laughs> yep. But the Briarly so, book, B R I E R L Y, that is uh, the Camino Trail book, and it's got the phone number of every B&B. It's got the elevation for the day. Uh, it's really just a handbook that you'll have. And, and things you want to see along the way. And sights to see and things not to miss. And it's just an absolute handbook, and it's, you know, three bucks off the Internet. Uh, what, what we couldn't stress more is that you have to train in the shoes you're going to wear. Um Many people make the mistake of buying a brand new pair of shoes before they head out. Um, you train, and we trained with packs. Uh, we we have met some wonderful <laughs> people in this town who thought we were homeless because we're walking around with packs on our back. <laughs> we, once we bought packs yeah. that first fall before we ever hiked, we would load up our packs with 15 or 20 pounds, and we'd hike four or five miles around town. And we'd stop on the square, which is two blocks from here, and have a cup of coffee. And we, we have a dear friend now who met us there and I, I joked with him say that he thought we were homeless which is why he offered to buy us a cup of coffee <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we walk with our packs and um you get stopped along the way you can imagine chris near the high school kids will say are you are you walking across america and no mm-hmm. um so <laughs> it it's a uh, it's it's a whole different way. But we've as we came as we since we're Americans, we we've looked for places here in the states would have that same similar kind of two or three villages a day to walk and stay in B and B's. There's really not. 
uh, we may hike a little bit in Maine this next year to see if we can do some similar kind of thing. But the El Camino are unique. Uh, a couple of summers ago, we celebrated our 50th anniversary and spent a couple of months in Italy. And the Frangigena is a hiking trail from the Canterbury uh, in England to the to Rome. To Rome. So we hiked uh, a few miles on the well, Frangigena Trail, um, only maybe 10 or 20 miles. It, it operates the same with the passport and credentials and things. We did see one guy on it. Y'all, four, four months is a long commitment. Um, uh, but there are, like you said before, there are many <clears throat> pilgrimages. Um, and you'll meet many people who are doing it for different reasons. Lots of different reasons. Um, lots of different reasons. There, we met a, a young girl who um, had lost both her parents and had no siblings and inherited everything, and she just didn't know what to do. She was she couldn't have been 23, 24. Yeah. And she thought wow. if she got alone with God and walked, she could figure it out. And when we were with her, she hadn't figured it out, but she was expressing her grief. Yeah. and trying to, to do that. But it's been one of the greatest experiences of our life uh, to hike the El Camino trails. There's just no question about it. And we go back every year now. So, and We like it. it. Wales has a path all the way around the coastline, and we'd really yeah. like to do that. But we go when Natalie's children are out of school, and that is on Mardi Gras, or Carnival as they call over there, and it's it's in March, and it's really cold in Wales during that yeah. time. Um, Ernest is our is our gear person, um, and gear is important. and And the reason gear is expensive is because the more they cost, the better it is. Uh, even Maggie down to underwear, uh, because believe it. <laughs> underwear does not dry very easily, and wet underwear is not fun to walk in. And, uh, so we, we 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 don't take any cotton clothes anywhere no. because once cotton's okay. wet, it doesn't dry. So all of our things are quick dry all the way down to your underwear, quite frankly. So and and socks and everything. Well, we do we do. No, we don't use cotton. We know, use wool. Yeah, wool. merino wool is our lifeblood. Merino wool sweaters, merino wool socks, and all of that because it's uh, it works. Uh, uh, so. I have a friend that was uh, doing some hiking and really some, I was sightseeing, but not, you know, he was on his own pilgrimage through uh, Israel and, uh, uh, and he was talking about how his, he was driving his wife nuts because he was trying out uh, like how many pairs of underwear he could take, like what was the minimum. And so he was trying all the quick dry stuff and it would be like hanging in the shower and she would go in the morning and like, why is your underwear in the shower? But he, like, you have to try out all the, the quick dry stuff. You know? well, Ernest, I want Ernest to modify this, but that after we made that trip where the buzzards were circling us, we decided, this is early on now, that we would wash everything we had. And it was hot. And then all of a sudden, about an hour later, it was cold. Yeah. And we thought we might be walking naked. I, I said, we're going to be the most unusual couple on Camino tomorrow because we're going to have a rope between our naked bodies and all of our clothes hanging over. <laughs> we had to. Yep. We had to. Uh, the guy who, uh, you remember Romancing the Stone? 
Do you ever watch that movie? Do you remember the guy that drove the big truck that that uh, he was? Um, El Toro. El Toro. Or yeah. Well, we met that guy. And he was in a little small village. The day we did 19 miles, and he had this big seven series BMW in this dinky little village. The village probably didn't have two stones together, but he was rings on every hand. But we got to use his dryer. Now it cost us seven euros to use that dryer, but we didn't care. Uh, the character, his name was Cesar. Yes, Cesar. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah Cesar, Cesar is what he said. But we laughed forever. We said he probably was a drug addict and selling everything. But if we could use his dryer, it was fine. We had dry clothes. <laughs> but the people that you meet, the Spaniards that you meet, and the Portuguese people that you meet are all just super nice. I mean, they understand you're on a Very pilgrimage. And, and they they really treat you well. and. Again, we have a lot of questions of people. There's a Camino Club in Atlanta that hikes once a month. About half the people have done Camino and half the people want to do Camino. But their questions is, is how safe is it and those kinds of things. And it really, we had no thought at all of it not being safe Absolutely on not. the trails throughout Spain and throughout Portugal as well. So. Um, a fun thing that you find there, you might find in certain third world countries, we don't use, all of us don't usually walk in third world countries. You know, we make our mission, but. Well, Spain's not exactly third world. It's just, yeah. Well, well is the pharmacy, the pharmacy is um, a vending machine. Yeah, okay. So you go up and would you like an antibiotic? Oh, okay. A1. You put your money in. And out comes the antibiotic. It is. It was really an experience for me. I mean, um, I kept looking at Ernest saying, "I mean, they don't even need prescriptions for these stuff. Is it good or is it not?" So, I just. Uh, and so you carry. You know, there are plenty of ATMs over there. So we we typically would have a couple of hundred, two or three hundred bucks on us. You're and right. so if we needed a, more cash, we'd stop at another ATM and another. And then either way you go, Portuguese or it's through Spain. You're going to hit some big cities uh, every once in a while, Lyon. And if you get to Lyon, you have oh to stop gosh. on the square and have the best hot chocolate in the and world. And he doesn't like chocolate. <laughs> I love chocolate. He still talks. It was wonderful. Um, we were in Lyon one evening, and we probably had 15 or 20 hikers. We were in a long table sitting in an outside restaurant. And just all were good friends. We'd been hiking for weeks together, and you see them every other day or every day. And uh, uh, it just was a, a real camaraderie that you attach. It's, you're with people that are of like mind. Uh, they're on a pilgrimage and uh, they're active. They're in good shape and, and uh, they share a lot of experiences together. And, and the collective wisdom that you gather and share is just amazing. They, people were amazed that we'd been married for 50 years when we were on El Camino. Hmm. I mean, it just was absolutely amazing to him and the fact that we held hands and prayed at every meal and liked each other and liked each other and had to <laughs> together it, it was it, we made a we made a big mistake in leon a spiritual mistake yeah um when we were at that large table we were on the way and a beggar came by and he asked for food we were actually at given the far end of far the, table. In the table but yeah. they shoot him off and we regretted it. We should have given him our seat. And so the next year, 
one of the ones that we felt like we didn't witness well in front of, um, met us in Pamplona. And a woman came up to us at a table and asked for money to make a bracelet. And Ernest said, make 10. And uh, then he said, I'll have one. Yeah. And so we felt like God had brought us back to a charcoal place that we could redeem what we had. I mean, it's a huge regret of ours that we let that, we just, we didn't step forward. So in March, we plan to fly to Porto. And if you watch the Camino sites, uh, Jan mentioned the Americans on. We didn't mention here. Uh, there's a site on Facebook called American Camino, American on Camino. And uh, all you have to do is they'll ask you why you want to join. And you say, well, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. There's also Americans. Pilgr it's American Pilgrims on Camino, and this is American Pilgrims on Sport Portuguese Camino. We like the. They keep up with the flight, so you'll see something pop oh, up on yeah. the that says you can fly round trip to Madrid for three hundred nineteen dollars. You know, Everybody so buys them right everybody there. Everybody buys right there, you know. And, uh, and, and wow. one other thing on that site, two of my favorite stories, because I follow it. I, I was telling Chris earlier that uh, the pandemic closed Camino. And now some people are back on the trail. They're pretty antsy about whether it's going to close again or not. Uh, but it's fun to watch because people share what happened and what they're doing. But uh, one woman was going up El Cerebro. That's a real steep mountain. And she tripped and fell and damaged her teeth. And so she wrote on there, I'm in El Cerebro. I need, I've damaged my teeth. And uh, immediately a pilgrim in a uh, United States wrote back and said, I have a friend there. He's a dentist. And so the next day she said, I'm on the trail. My teeth are fixed for 35 year old and I'm fine. And wow. the next, wow. the other story I love was a woman who came in uh, St. John Pierre de Pau, where you start. And it's a train station there. And she said, um, this is my first Camino alone. I'm a widow. And she said, I thought I knew the way and I've lost my way in the train depot. And the American Pilgrim said, I'm in the train depot, go back to the gate one, I'll meet you there. So it's mm. the sweetness, you see the sweetness that yeah. just sort of happens there. Uh, it's Ooh, I'm tearing up a little bit actually. <laughs> well, you should, yeah. it, the, it, it's Christ. I mean, you see, um, I mean, so for, for other Christians in other lands, Walking to get closer to God is not unusual. Mm -hmm. uh, Americans are not good at following. The pilgrimages for Americans is we don't have any pilgrimages that I know of very much here in the United States. So it's a, it's a whole new concept. And again, I think Jan and I first went that first year, started out as sort of an adventure. And immediately it became a pilgrimage for us as we it still is and still is as mm -hmm. we drew closer to God. And as we just, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of tender things that God does between you two as a married couple. I mean, um, we got in one place, we were pretty tired and we were trying to be economical. And, um, I just stopped in a coffee shop, I think. And Ernest came back and he said, I booked us in the nicest hotel here and it's really nice. <laughs> And I said, we shouldn't do that. And he said, yeah, it's my gift. And uh, now that would that doesn't sound funny here, but when you're walking and 
a washing machine is a, a huge, deal. huge commodity. A dryer is even bigger than that. There were a couple of nights when Jan says, I can't go eat. I'm too tired to walk two blocks to go eat. And I said, you have no choice. If you're going to hike tomorrow, you got to eat tonight. But he so, said it's sweeter than mm -hmm. that. Did I? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the yeah. point was, it, it, you just sort of, it changes the dynamics. Um, you also sort of get a glimpse of what it's like to be a refugee when you have mm -hmm. to leave everything and you just have to go. Um, I think many of those refugees are probably pilgrimages trying to get to what's safe. And The main El Camino from St. John P. de Poe, France, on the French border, to Santiago is 500 miles. That takes about five weeks to do. We It's 500 miles and we, we've not done that. We, we, we have a portion to finish. We've done half of it and then we did the first 90 miles to Pamplona. But uh, a lot of people will go and do that whole four and a half, five and a half weeks, uh, the 500 miles. And it's uh, it, it would be truly a pilgrimage. But it's amazing how well you can live with only 20 pounds of in a backpack mm -hmm. for week after mm -hmm. week after week. And, uh, yeah. and you know, when you, you come back here and you look at all that you have, you think, why do I have all this? Right. <laughs> does it own, does it own us or do we own it? Right. Yeah. Now I, I have read um, in that, you know, you were talking about how you tend to make good connections with other pilgrims. I've read that because of that, um, you know, everyone is, is, walking this pilgrimage and, and it's, it's, it's a very challenging route that people that people tend to really connect very deeply and closely in, in your conversations with someone as just on the trail tend to go deep really fast um, because you just you're you have that connection immediately tell us a little bit about how that worked for y'all well I'll tell you something else my name is Jan and in Europe Jan means John. It's Jan. And I would spend... Which is a man's name. Which I would spend 20 to 30 minutes explaining to someone, no, my name is really Jan. It's not Janice. <laughs> my mom made me that. I don't know why. And no, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. <laughs> and so one day we were walking and somebody, one of the first things they say is, what's your name? And I said, Isabella. And everybody, <laughs> she went, fine. Hi, Isabella. I'm African. And so my trail name is Isabella. Uh, therefore, I don't go through this constant, what is what is your name and things like that. I didn't know to later that that's a common thing to have a trail name. I guess God just in, hmm. interceded. But um, I could tell you even a more strange story about our Alexa call it, calling me Isabella. But um, <laughs> she does. And that drives me crazy. Uh, and I don't have it written down anywhere. Um, you make connections because you'll never see that person again. And you'll ask questions and be truthful that you would not be with somebody that you know all the time. Like the mm -hmm. man who was struggling with his family. And and yeah. and you, um, you're honest. You'll say, uh, or somebody will say, I am exhausted. You know, I'm exhausted in life. Uh, and, and. You know, you're standing there and going, I'm exhausted too. And what is it? Are we caring too much? What is it that's exhausting us? Um, I wish we could learn that in life. I think you learn that in in small groups and churches to carry each other's burden. But um, would you would you add to that, Ernest, about connections uh, with people? People are sincere. 
Uh, I mean, you have a lot of sincere conversations at night, uh, sitting around a table with four, five, six, eight, ten, fifteen other people that are like-minded, and uh, the experience is just breathtaking. And they ask, because we're older, we walk, most of the people we walked with were 30 30 to 50 years younger than us. And we want to tell, there's a lot of people say, I'm too old to do that. I mean, maybe you are. We aren't. Uh, uh, I don't know if you're the old age you think you should be. I don't know what it is. But all it is is walking. It is not. Now, I know some people have a hard time walking, but it's not like you're trying to run a marathon you're walking mm-hmm. you can walk at what pace you want you can rest when you want to uh, and you can do like i said you can do one two three four five villages a day so some people will only do five or six miles a day others will do eight or ten some will do 15 and some will do 25 or 30 but so it's just really whatever speed you want we were with a guy that's a marathon runner an elite marathon runner. He'd been in Eugene, Oregon, which is the running center of America. And he didn't need to train, he, he thought. So he bought some hiking boots. And uh, the poor boy. Had more blisters? He did. Oh, yeah. my gosh. He, 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 he was in fabulous shape, but his feet were not prepared for hiking he, hundreds of miles. Well, and, I mean, his yeah. feet. We just And, and equipment's not very expensive. I, I was looking at this four-piece a hiking pole that I have is called Wildhorn. I think I got this off the internet for 25 or 30 bucks for Jan and I. We, but we, it was important to get one that folds up to fit in your luggage because it, even though you can get on a plane as a walking stick, it's a lot easier to have that in your pack. It's uh, more out of the yeah. way or strapped to the side of it. So uh, we, we walk with leckies here in the United States, but they don't break down. But we actually got those in Switzerland. 20, 20 years yeah, ago. 20 years ago. So, yeah. I mean, good good equipment, light equipment, something that endures is important. But, Cat, in, but in March, we plan to be back, and we plan on doing 165 miles uh, from Porto, Portugal, to Santiago. And uh, there are two trails from there. One uh, is inland, and one is on the coast. And we've hiked the inland trail a few years ago. So we're going to do the coast trail that two-thirds of the way is on the coast, and then it connect back with this trail so that will be an experience uh, and you come to santiago yeah. different ways it's really amazing when you get there the cathedral is beautiful the first year now it has been closed for renovation but the first year we went we went to their mass that night and we didn't understand it but because we spoke they speak spanish very fast and we understand it very slowly but um we heard our names and we were being prayed for as a pilgrim and it moved us both to tears at that at that wow. point um yeah we, th- we heard our name and thought that's us <laughs> they were like, oh, this is the people that completed the, the pilgrimage that day you know completed like, the wow. pilgrimage was, that day uh, yeah and cool. and you get in the cathedral wow. you're everybody's coming in from different directions because somebody came from the north and someone came from the west and east and up from Portugal. And you watch them come in and we all lay down our packs. Now think about that spiritually. Mm -hmm. We all lay down our packs and we sit down and we celebrate. We, I mean, it may be bringing out a a bottle of water and passing it amongst each other, but you're Mm -hmm. here. And, uh, it's always a, a moving experience to know we got there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
and then then we stay in a rather nice hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all, they don't have elevators there. So after you've walked mm-hmm. 250 miles, sure <laughs> enough, you'll have a room five floors up and you're carrying your pack. Yeah. By that time, the pack weighs 500 pounds to you. And but you, you think nothing of it. Just throw it over your shoulder. And, and go to the top. Shape. But uh, And you'll have a nice meal and you can get your clothes clean. And then you start reminiscing with people you've never seen before about what happened and you start laughing about the things that you've done. I mean, Oh my gosh. Oh, every we, we met, uh, we're Anglicans and, and most of the churches there are Catholic, which is fine. When we, we went to church most Sundays as well. And, and, uh, it's interesting that the, the, we participate in communion often, although I don't think that, the Catholics expect well, us we, to. But. We got a cardinal to tell us that it, he thought it was fine. Yeah. Because we oh. can't, couldn't find church in other places. But that's pretty humbling too. Um, you know, just those united for Christ and seeking Christ and and knowing He's the answer. Um, but there's a brotherhood in Christianity that surpasses any other kind of brotherhood. And when you meet people and they know that you're a follower of Christ, it's just it's just a real camaraderie there that's hard to come by otherwise. Uh, I think so. We we experienced that and enjoyed that, and uh, we look forward to going back in March of 2022 and pray that the COVID's out of the way. And uh, you know we're we're going to try to we bought new Z packs that so we're trying to. Make sure we're under 20 pounds per, per pack. So that'll be a challenge. <laughs> yeah. What is it about the Camino that that draws you back time after time? It's a real pilgrimage. I mean, our first time we didn't know that. And we became pilgrims. And we learned what a pilgrimage is. And, and it's a time to do some self-examination. And, and uh, uh, it, it's sort of self-evaluation of this is who I am. Am I pleased with who I am? Is God pleased with who I am? And is God pleased with who I am? You know, one of the things that one of our priests said recently says, God would say to you, say, how are you doing? You know, <laughs> are, are you doing what I want you to do as, as a, as a Christian? Are, are you, uh, you, you're, you know, we are, we, Ernest and I like to think we're independent. Well, which is so against the word. We're very dependent. And so when you're walking on the Camino, you are dependent. And I mean, like, would I walk in snow and would I get sunburned on one side of my face and back? Uh, we wore a hat sideways because, I mean, you literally get <laughs> and often And oftentimes you see people walking backwards. And the reason they're walking backwards is to try to get some tan on the other <laughs> side of your face. That's the truth. That's hilarious. You, you see people walking backwards and you know what they're doing. You feel so sorry for them. I mean, you know, because you literally are tanned like this yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it it draws you, I guess, I guess God draws you, Chris. I guess mm-hmm. uh, seeing him, seeing the way, recognizing burdens. And, you know, Ernest was talking about you, you start thinking about what burdens do I carry? What have I added to my pack that I don't need? Because he tells us very specifically he'd rather carry them for us than we carry them ourselves. And, and yeah. I, I guarantee you after 250 miles, you want him carrying those burdens. <laughs> 
It sounds like the entire experience, just the experience of it and the way that you connect with God and that a lot of people go on the trails for discernment, you know, and, um, and just connection with God. It sounds to me like the entire experience is like a, a really big spiritual direction session in a lot of ways that the trail, Mm -hmm. that the, the path that you're on becomes your spiritual director. I think so. And you know, uh, most people carry a rock. Oh, that's true. On top of the mountains, there's a pile of rocks. It, it, um, and a pile of rocks, like, 40 feet high. Not with a, a, cro- a cross, it's with crosses a cross there. at the top. And, and you, supposedly you leave that rock with all your burdens. Right there. And cares that you don't need to carry any further. So, and the, and once you see all those rocks, you think, man. And a lot of people are leaving a lot of burdens there. Uh, I think, too, you realize that you're walking. We were walking down a path one time. I've got a picture of it. And it's like 20 feet deep. But it started out on top. So many people who walked it that it got deep. Oh, and wow. you think, um, this world isn't about me. Yeah, there know? are times on the El Caminos that you can see this is a 1,400-year-old trail. Yeah. And I mean, so you, you realize how many people have walked this way. How many people have walked this way. And and I want to walk this way differently, you know. Um, we This morning we were studying in Corinthians about how – Paul asked us to be different than the Egyptians. You know, when you go through the wilderness, you got to be different. We met a couple in church a few weeks ago uh, sitting behind us. We were just introducing ourselves and chatting for a while and and, uh, mentioned hiking and doing the El Camino. And the couple said, well, we had hoped to do the El Camino someday, but we're too old to do that now. Well, they were 10 or 15 years younger than us. And we right. thought, you know, get with it, folks. Go well, we didn't, say that. we didn't say that, but we did say, she said, I'm not in shape. And I said, all it is is walking, start walking. But I mean, I don't want to choose for someone else. You can tell we love the choice God made here. And um, it's a great experience. Can I disclose my age? Sure. Yeah. So we'll be, we're, we're, I'm 75. I turned 75 last month. So, and I'll be 75 in September. Yeah. So, you know, it, we're in great shape, but we do it. So we, you know, we, we bike 20 miles every morning or four or five mornings a week and, and we stay in shape and uh, throw swim. Him, and we swim during I the I like week. to swim. He's not a great big, he doesn't <laughs> love to swim. Uh, yeah. I'm not a, as good a swimmer as you are. That's part <laughs> of the problem. Both of the Jan's two brothers are former professional athlete so she's got genes i don't have uh, but I'm, I'm in good i don't shape. have their genes so uh yeah you have great shapes so. yeah so you've mentioned a few times that the trail is so old it's 1400 years old um and you said that you didn't really find any of that any pilgrimage places in america and and also you mentioned in the beginning that there was uh being in a church and worshiping where you knew that there had been hundreds of years of people worshiping. I wonder if there's just something just because America is not very, very old, if that adds to the spiritual aspect of the being in a common place with 280,000 pilgrims a year that America, we just don't have that age anywhere. What do you think about that? I think, um, I think you're right. I, I, I also think that most of us came from that land or those lands. And, um, you know, something in our parents or our ancestors said 
I don't want to be rude. And we broke out. Um, but I think there's something in us wanting to go back and touch that part of our past. Um, wanting to somehow we know, you know, that, of course, scripture tells us that that generations influence the other generations. And so I think that's part of it, too. It, we travel a lot, and um, the cathedrals always touch us touches um they to be in um vienna and saint stephana and know the wars yeah yeah, the wars that were prayed through i mean we're not talking about world war one and world war two we're talking about years of the bloody wars and um we were in the champagne valley in france last year which is just a couple hours from our daughter's house in brussels and uh the fields of the vineyards are just for miles and miles and miles. And one of the vineyard uh, owners there said, well, but every 50, 75 years, these vineyards are full of blood. Said, it's just amazing it's how that happens. It's always been fought here. here. They always fight uh, through the valleys here. And I thought, hey, God, you know, that's a... I, I, I think, I don't think a place makes itself sacred. I think God makes it sacred. And um, when we sat down at that little teeny church and then turned around and saw that it was, what, 1320 founded, we knew before that that it was sacred. We really didn't know it was a church. It was so small. You could feel the presence or the holiness or the reverence there. It's always touching when you know you're standing on holy ground. Yeah. You know, it's just always very touching and very, very humbling uh, uh, to me. And, and in that little church, we, we went in yeah. after we found out and to pray. And there was this single rose on the altar. Um, you know, you just see those touches. And it might be because you slow down. When you walk, you're not going fast, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it may be that's part of it, y'all, that you just slow down you just um it's a totally you think very much if you want that cup of coffee you do but uh if you have to walk very far i don't know i would like for you just to say just a a few words to um to other americans and you know those who are actually listening to our podcast which is you know it's a small minority of americans um why should they go on camino well, if you've not been on a pilgrimage, it's a humbling experience. And it's, it's humbling in a number of ways. It, one is it gives you times to, to self-center yourself. But it's also humbling in the way people treat you knowing that you're a pilgrim on a pilgrimage. And so it's a great time to get closer to, to the Lord. Uh, aside from that, you, you meet other people uh, that are just immensely interesting as well uh and if you have a gorgeous spouse to go with you whether it's a husband or or wife it it just enhances it even further uh you know i think part of the joy that jan and i have is we get to do it together but we're not groupies though we're we're you know when uh, people when we came back that first year they said well how many were in your group and i'd say 
two. No, no, in your, in your whole group that hiked it, how many were in your group? And I said, two. And they said, just the two of you took off across Spain, never been there? And I said, yeah. That's, yeah. Sort of, that's how pilgrims work. I think I tell Americans that um, we have a wonderful country, but we need to learn to slow down. And we need to learn to follow. Americans don't follow well. And that it's it's an intriguing experience. It's not like, um, Chris, I think we went on mission trips with you. It's not like mission trips because you're always outward there. This is actually pretty inward. Uh, it is learning yourself. And you're served and you're humbled by it. And uh, that makes you want to serve yourself. And it's also an inexpensive trip. Yeah, it is. I mean, B&B's $30, $35 a night. Pilgrim Mills or four-course meals for six or seven euros. You get your, you, you, the on Camino, now I haven't had seen it happen this year, but see, nobody's been going. They'll tell you when a cheap flight's going. And what they're telling you is how to get over. You won't, you may have to take a, a train to another stop, but you'll get there. What we've been there over and back for three hundred euros, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, round trip. But, round trip. Yeah, but you know, you get to Portugal, for example, and for eight dollars, you can ride trains all day long. Oh my gosh! And y'all, we are we are of the age eight that, euros. Eight right. euros. We're of the age that we <laughs> we get it all. We can get a package. I think you have to be over 55, but it's some kind of ridiculous, like 10 euros for a week. You can go anywhere you want to go. Of course, you'll get pretty lost, but um, it's still fun to get lost. We were in another country a couple of years ago, and we were going to take one of these buses to the equator. We were in Quito, Ecuador, and uh, I, I was reading the brochure, and it said if you're over 65, it's a very reduced rate. So Jan was over there negotiating to buy two tickets, and they were not – reduced rate and i said well i read here it says if you're over 65 you know it's cheaper and she said yeah but you y'all don't qualify i pulled out my passport real fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah it gives us a lot to think about and i hope that more americans will go and walk the camino i i hope to do that like i said earlier with my brother in a few years um it'll be a good experience to be with him i'm going to tell you um, a couple we saw, there was a, a three Israelis, a very much older daddy, and two mature sons walking. I, I, either he had lost his wife recently, or he himself was pretty sick. And those guys walking with their dad, maybe they had done it years before. It was the most precious thing. And we got, we were staying in a, uh, we got to a hotel earlier and we saw one of those sons who had walked ahead to make sure everything was ready for them to get there. Um, you see many pretty passages of life and you grow to appreciate what it takes and what that family meant to each other. Yeah. It was, uh, so they were Jewish and, um, they were making the pilgrimage to St. St. James. It touched us, it made us, uh, our parents were still alive and we wanted to make sure that if they wanted something like that, we, we wanted to do it with them.
That's great. Well, thank you two for uh, coming on to talk to us about the Camino. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. We love it. Yeah, this was amazing. <laughs> Come go with us. Yeah, would love to. Uh, Chris, I'll go back. I'm going to go back. We're not too good at groupie, but we'll take one or two. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Really, it's so much fun. I understand. We've not been in the summertime, but I understand it is bodied. It is crowded in the summertime. The Camino. That's what I've heard. Because people are out of school and teachers are out and what have you. But so we we usually hike uh, usually in March, uh, which is the early season, early part of the season yeah. for trails. So, so we love you both. Chris, yeah. it's great. Thank I, you. It thrills me to know that we had you in youth group, and this is where God's led you. Mm-hmm.